Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. We kick off a brand new teaching series called There's More Today. Our big idea is let God transform you. And it's based on a story found in Romans chapter 12. Enjoy and thanks for listening. What a way to kick off the summer here at Valley Point Church. Isn't that great? Don't you love the summer? In the summer, there's so much more. So much more to do in the summer. More daylight, more sunshine, more time to spend with family. There's more water. I got a couple pictures up here of my grandkids. Uh, They're kind of doing some wipeouts themselves. See that? Yeah, they were trying to surf. They weren't quite as good as those guys you saw in that song, that's for sure. That's my granddaughter. She had trouble getting up on the board. And then they had no trouble falling off of it. (laughs) But we do. We love the summer. There's so much more about the summer. Spending time with family. Spending time on the boardwalk in flip-flops in cool shirts. At least for me. Eric probably wouldn't wear a shirt like this. But... We like light color clothes every once in a while, right? (laughs) There is so much more about the summer. I love the summer. I'm a four-season guy. I love all four seasons. Lived in this area my entire life. But that one season called winter can be one day, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Especially this past winter, right? Yeah, I think we should all stand and give a standing ovation to the fact that we are now officially into the summer. Yeah, all right, yes. So we kick off a new series today, and uh, this series is called There's More. There's More. And as you compare the summer to our spiritual journey, you know, when it comes to our spiritual journey, is there more to it than what we've experienced? Is there more than just being pardoned? Is there more than just getting your ticket to heaven punched? While those things are tremendous benefits for us as Christ followers, there's so much more. Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples and he was explaining to them why he had come. And he said this to his disciples. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you would have it more abundantly. God always intended for us as believers, to live a life of more. Not just living in mediocrity or living in a way that we just settle, but living a life that is abundant, a life that is filled with joy and filled with peace through every circumstance. Living a life that we, as individuals, have always wanted. This series is based on a book by John Ordberg that's called The Life You've Always Wanted. And I think if we were honest with ourselves from time to time, there's always been that desire in our heart to be a better person. To experience life a little better than what we're experiencing it to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better friend, to be a better worker, 
to be a better student. I think deep down inside, as life goes by, I think sometimes we just settle. But God wants us to live above mediocrity. He wants us to live a life where we soar and experience so much more. John Ordberg, in his book, he says this, The primary goal of the spiritual life is human transformation. Real change in the essential nature of a person. Our will, our thoughts, our emotions, our social connections. That's real change in the essential nature of a person. That's what God wants for us. And I think if we really look deep down, it's what we desire for ourselves as well. Exterior change comes easy. As a matter of fact, I have a picture of my family. This is my mom and my dad and myself and my wife and two of my brothers. And this is back when I was 21 years old. I first became a believer. I first started attending this church. Can you tell which one I am? No. Yeah, it's not easy, is it? It's pretty difficult. You see, change comes natural on the outside. But on the inside, it doesn't. You know, if we really want to be changed, all right, that's good. You can take that picture off of there. If you really want to be changed on the inside, you know, we can go to God and we can say, God, change me. And good luck with that. <laughs> and it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yesterday, they had a memorial service for the first pastor uh, of our church, Pastor Frank McQuaid and his wife, Dolores. And at the memorial service, I went, and there's people there that I haven't seen in 20 years. And it was a great reunion for the early years of our church. But I realized, looking at them, and they probably realized looking at me, that change comes naturally on the outside. It just does. It happens. But on the inside, it's different. And yet we focus so much change, so much of our priorities, and so much of our focus is on what's on the outside versus what's on the inside. Well, that's our big idea for today. Our big idea is this. Let God transform you. Let God transform you. Our passage of scripture that we're going to look at is in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Uh, Romans is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans. And uh, this is what he said to them. You can uh, follow along on on the screen, or if you have your Bibles with you today, that would be great. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. You know, God has done a lot for us. He sent His only Son to die on the cross for us, so to pay the penalty of our sin, so that we could get into heaven when we put our faith and trust in Him alone. What else did he do for us? He, his son rose again so that we too can rise to a new life. That, a, that life where it's so much more than the life that we may be living today. That abundant life. And it continues and it says, Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, 
But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There's a few things that we see from from this passage of Scripture. But it's true that the transformation that God wants us to experience is not something we can just say, God, here I am, good luck. It cannot be experienced without us being involved. We must be active participants in the process. And because what we do or what we do not do makes a huge difference on whether or not we experience that abundant life that God has always meant for us to live. I want us to look at a couple key words here in this passage. It says in, in verse 1, as he said, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. See, that's an action word. That's a word that we're responsible for, that he wants us to give our bodies, give our lives to him, to dedicate our lives to him. And that's what that verse is talking about, to give to him. Look at the next sentence. Let them, let them. That's an action phrase. There's a responsibility there that we have. And then it goes on and he says in verse 2, don't copy. That's something he's telling us to do again. Action, action. And it goes on in that same sentence, but let God transform you by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for your life. A lot of action, a lot of responsibility there on our part to be changed. On our part to be changed. The abundant life doesn't happen by chance. It takes work. It takes work. And we must be active participants in the process. Another key phrase that's in this passage is this. Changing the way you think. Experiencing more of the abundant life means changing the way we think. Uh, There's a couple of key facts that I'd like to share with you from Scripture about our minds. And they're very important for us to understand as we uh, continue this uh, series. Number one is this. Your thoughts determine who you are. You are what you think. Your thoughts determine who you are. Our actions are a result of what we think. Our priorities in life establish what we think about. Our actions are a result of what we're thinking about. What do you think about? What do you think about in the course of a week or a month or even a year? Is our mind focused on ourselves? Is our mind focused on our work? Is our minds focused on our families? Is our mind focused on on God? We are what we think. What are you thinking about right now? Are you thinking, who is this guy up here? (laughs) Are you thinking, you know, this is a summer series. I thought we were going to have fun today. 
I think it would be great for us to really examine our hearts and examine our thoughts and examine our lives and really go through this series with the mindset that I'm going to give my life to God this summer and I'm going to see how he transforms me. And we're going to learn how to be active participants in that process. Key fact is your thoughts determine who you are. The second one is this. There is a battle that's raging in your mind every day, every moment. If our transformation, that human transformation that God wants us to experience, if it starts in the mind, then our enemy wants to capture your mind. Our enemy wants to attack our mind. He does that by the things we choose to watch, to look at, to read, to think about. You see, we have a choice in that matter, and we have uh, an opportunity to make a difference in that battle that's going on in our mind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this, Although we live in the world, we don't fight our battles with human methods. Our weapons that we fight with aren't human, but instead they are powered by God for the destruction of fortresses. They destroy arguments and every defense that is raised up to oppose the knowledge of God. That's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to capture away or he's trying to steer your thoughts away from the knowledge of God. Every day, all the time. And that's something that we have to fight against. We have to battle against that. We don't naturally just be ourselves and win that war. And then he goes on to say this. They capture every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's our goal. Our goal, our goal in that war is to make every thought that we have obedient to Christ. That's what Paul's talking about. And Paul uses that description in 1 Corinthians, that battle. And, and back then, they, when they had a battle, there was a fortress. There was a castle, you know, and they had walls. And then they have fortresses, those towers. And, and, and the enemy would come in, and they would had to get through that and get over that wall to win that battle and capture the enemy. And for us, it's our responsibility to be active participants and to make sure that we are guarding our minds from the enemy, from the enemy. All human transformation of the essential nature of a person, our thoughts, our will, our emotions, our social connections begins in the mind. Very, very important. I want to share with you a formula. It's a little formula, a little exercise that Dallas Willard actually uses this formula in in the things that he teaches. And it's a formula that regardless of what human transformation you're looking to accomplish, you need to apply this formula. All right. And here's the formula. V-I-M. Vim. V-I-M. Remember this throughout this series. V-I-M. The V stands for the vision. The vision. 
If you want to have any type of human transformation take place in your life, you need to have the vision. Let's say, for example, you wanted to learn a foreign language. If you wanted to learn a foreign language, you would need to visualize yourself speaking that language. You would need to envision how it's going to better your life. You need to envision exactly what steps you're going to need to take to accomplish that vision. That's very, very important in any type of human transformation. As a matter of fact, the general absence of vision is why foreign language is so unsuccessful in the U.S. You see, when it comes to speaking foreign languages, don't you notice that we have a harder time of learning another language than foreigners have of learning English? It's because of the vision. I took German for two years in high school. I think I know four words. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, Luisa. (laughs) I think that's it. And what's uh, sad about that is my dad was born in Germany. I still can't speak German. And the reason is because I had no vision and no value. I didn't understand the value of, of what was I going to use that for. Did you ever hear that from students when they're learning something? Why do I have to learn that? When am I ever going to use that in my life? The lack of vision is why Americans have a hard time learning a foreign language, but foreigners are so successful at learning English because they understand the value of it. They understand how it's going to change their life to be able to speak a language that they can speak to Americans. It makes a huge difference. And what's also interesting about the vision is this. Sometimes it's not we as an individual that has to know or have that vision. For instance, our children, or especially foreign children, It's their parents that have the vision for their children to learn the language. And they make them do certain things to accomplish that. It's very important. And that brings us to the next step. More than vision is required. Vision must be followed by an earnest, an earnest intention. Your intention. You see, you can have a vision about any kind of transformation in your life. You can think about it. You can dream about it. You can have it almost like a bucket list in your life that you want to accomplish something. But unless you decide to do it, you're not going to do it. Unless your intention is to to make whatever sacrifices necessary in your life to accomplish the vision, it won't happen. And many of us go through life this way. We go through life hoping and dreaming about accomplishing certain things about changing our lives, transforming the way we think. And it doesn't happen. We settle. We're okay. We live in that life of mediocrity, which God never meant for us to live in. But that's what happens. You need vision. You need an intention. You need to decide to do whatever it takes to get it done. And the third step in that formula is the means. The means. You have the vision, you have the intention, and now the means. And what are the means? The means are the instruments. They are the things that's going to make the change happen. All right? For instance, the foreign language, 
you wanted to speak a foreign language, you would get a course. You would buy books. You would entrench yourself trying to understand and learn and do whatever it takes to accomplish that vision that you had of yourself. That would mean maybe even going to a foreign country, putting people around you that will help you learn that language. Vision, intention, and means. Very, very important. When vision, intention, and means are followed, transformation will be successful. Think of it in terms of the summertime. Many of us in the summertime, we want to transform ourselves to be able to wear a bathing suit. <laughs> uh, for some of you, maybe it would be to wear a bikini. So just envision yourself. You need to think what your life would be like if you could go to the beach and not have to wear a shirt. Transformation. And then you need to have the intention of doing whatever is necessary to make it possible. You go on a diet. And then the means would be what diet? How am I going to do it? I'm going to exercise. I'm going to go to Weight Watchers. I'm going to do whatever it takes to accomplish the vision that I have in my life. All human transformation needs to follow that formula. It's pretty simple. Vision, intention, and means. How about in the spiritual life? How about when we're looking to change the inside? Change the essential nature of the person. It's the same exact thing. You need to have vision, you need to have intention, and you need to have means. But there is a slight difference. And this is one of the cool things about our spiritual journey. One of the differences is this. When we're trying to speak a foreign language or lose weight or any of those human transformations that are kind of secular thinking, which are all great things, the abundant life that comes out of that is experienced at the end of the transformation. You're not successful until you reach your goal. That's not the way it is in our spiritual journeys. And this is exciting. This should encourage you. Because a lot of us think that in order for us to be better people, the way God wants us to be, there is an end. But there isn't. The abundant life that God wants for us. Experiencing more. Being the person that we want to be and God wants us to be and always meant for us. That abundant life is experienced during the transformation. You just decide today. You just say today, I have that vision of being the person that God wants me to be. And you just decide today, I have every intention of taking the steps necessary, of being that active participant in that process. And when that process begins, you begin to experience that abundant life right away. Right away. That's one of the great things about this whole process. This is our takeaway for today. It's the same as the big idea. The takeaway is this. Let God transform you. So if we apply that formula, V-I-M, if we apply that formula to us experiencing more, us being transformed by our thinking to be a different person, what would that look like to you? What would it look like for you 
to be a better person? What would it look like for you to be living the abundant life that God meant for you? A better husband, a better wife, a better worker. What would it look like? You need to envision that. You need to see that. You need to see it not just for your own good. You need to see that for the good of the people around you. You need to see that for your family and what difference it would make for them that you would allow God to transform you. It's true that if we were honest with ourselves, not only does God want this for us, we want this for us. We want this for us. Envision that. And then today, it should be your intention that you're going to make a decision. You're going to say, God, I want you to transform me. And that decision will be based on the fact that you're willing. You're willing to do whatever it takes to get to that goal of living and experiencing that abundant life. This whole series is going to be about the means. The different things and the different instruments that we can use in our lives to reach that goal. To reach that vision of living for God. Soaring in a way that he wants us to soar. Not settling for mediocrity in our spiritual lives. Not settling for the place where we may be living right now. But experiencing that abundant life. Let God transform you. You may not desire to be changed. You may be coming in here today and thinking, you know, what is going on here today? Here's the first day of summer. I thought we were going to come in and have fun. And here we are talking about changing our inner being, changing the essential nature of myself, changing my thoughts, changing my will, changing my emotions, changing all those things and being transformed in a way that God wants us to be transformed. I think there's a few people in here that God's speaking to your heart. And God's whispering in your ear and saying, yes, you know what Gus is talking about. You've had this desire too. You've recognized this, that you're not all that God wants you to be. And you're ready to be transformed by him. That verse in uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 We'll bring that up and take a look at that again. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. This is the first step. This is the intention. You've envisioned it. Make a decision. Give your bodies to God. You can't just say, God, here I am, change me, good luck. You need to envision what it looks like. And you need to say, God, here I am. I'm ready to do and be the active participant that's necessary. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes for a moment. As we wrap up this talk today, I would encourage you to look deep inside. Are you living that abundant life that God meant for us? Are you living that life that you've always wanted? We can wait. We can wait a couple years. We can wait 
five years, 10 years, and the next thing you're going to know, life passed you by, and you lived a life of mediocrity. Right now, in the quietness of this moment, tell God, God, I present myself to you. I rededicate myself to this cause of being transformed in my life. I am going to guard my mind. I am going to commit to this series and learn all the things it takes to be transformed. Go ahead, tell me. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to come today and to share your word. It's so plain and it's so simple. God, you want to change us. You want us to be all that you've intended us to be. Lord, you you didn't just come and save us so that we can go to heaven. You, You came so that we would experience more. That we would experience an abundant life. A life that's pleasing to you. Pleasing to those around us. You wanted us to be better at who we are. And I pray, Lord, that you would just convict us and speak to our hearts. Lord, whether we dedicate ourselves to you today or next week or this afternoon or next month, Lord, I pray that we would do that. And for those in this room, Lord, today that who have prayed that prayer and said, Lord, here I am. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to change who I am. Father, we'll give you all the praise and all the thanks in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.